Welcome to Annunciation with Father David. Father David is the priest at Annunciation Greek Orthodox Church in Decatur, Illinois, where every week people are connected to the ancient wisdom of Orthodox Christianity. Here is Father David. Christ is in our midst. He is in Good morning. This morning, I want to look at the gospel reading from a slightly different perspective than we're used to looking at it, because being Orthodox Christians, we're used to looking at the scripture from the perspective of Christ and looking at it through the lens of Christ. Well, this morning, I want to look at it from the perspective of the Gesserines, the people that are in the town that the herdsmen run to and tell about this thing that happened. So they live in a world where there is no Christ. They live in a world where there is no God. If they believe in something, it's probably some pagan cosmology or pagan explanation for the things that happen in their daily lives. And then uh, they see these herdsmen that are part of their community come running into their town in a panic because their livelihood has just been destroyed. They have seen their entire herd of pigs hurl themselves off the side of a cliff and into the ocean. And they heard that this guy Jesus did it. So the natural thing to do is to go and tell this Jesus guy to leave before he destroys everyone's job and life and the way they get their food and money. I do that because if we think about the average person who comes into our church, something similar is going to happen. Because the experience that an average American has of the Orthodox Church is going to be completely alien to their worldview. What they see happen here is going to counter virtually every experience they've ever had in church and is not going to be something that they are ready to see. In the same way that the Gazarenes are not yet ready to have Christ in their lives. They do not see the miracle that happened in front of them, that these two demoniacs had been freed of the demons that were inside them. And in other gospel accounts, these, this, these demons are called legion. There are so many. And in other gospel accounts, the demoniac is told by Christ to stay, to get them to give them that ability to understand what really happened wasn't a destruction of their livelihood. It was their introduction to eternal life. And going back to what we've been talking about since I returned from Nashville, this idea that we're in a spot right now where we must start thinking like a missionary church that we are a mission church. We're not a church that has been established and has been here since 1927, and then we can sit on our own laurels and continue to thrive and survive. All of the various trends and statistics belie this illusion. Another statistic that's rather depressing. This is across the board. 
all denominations. When someone comes to visit a church, only one in 10 of those visitors come back next week. And that's your average church. That's when someone who goes to a church and sees something that they expect. I'm guessing that if we narrowed that to people who came to an Orthodox church for the first time and were not prepared for it, that that percentage is even lower. Because again, what they're seeing is not something that is ordinary, something that is expected. We have icons everywhere. I mean, in, in, in context, you have to understand, from our perspective, we have a very lightly decorated church. This is really spare when it comes to iconography. We've got so much white space here that it's ridiculous. If we go to a normal Orthodox church, iconography fills every single white space that there is. We have a very sparse, spartan, bare church. But to the average person in Decatur, this is one of the most beautifully decorated churches in the entire town. We've got so much going on here that it's almost overwhelming. In other words, what, I, what we need to do is we need to understand that the average American is just like the Gesserit, not ready. They're not ready. And we need to be able to be that former demoniac, to be able to live among them and start to see things from their perspective, to look at what's going on here inside this church from their perspective so that we can help them be ready. And one of the things that to do that, one of the things that we have to understand is all of the various barriers that exist between them and their ability to come in here and see the glories of the kingdom of heaven. Some of those barriers originate with us. Some of those barriers originate with them. We can't really control the barriers that come from them. We can love them. We can try to have a relationship with them so maybe those barriers can come down. But they're the ones who need to take care of those barriers. The barriers that we have to take care of are our own. We need to create a space that is not only welcoming, and I must commend each and every one of you, that when you see a stranger come into this space, you say hello, you greet them, you make sure that they feel welcome. I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again, and you should be commended for it, and you should continue on that path. But beyond welcoming people, we need to understand that what they are seeing is something that they're not used to, is something that is alien, something that is difficult to understand. It's difficult for, even for us to understand. There's a lot of things where our answer is, it's a mystery. And getting to a place where we're comfortable saying that is an arduous journey coming from someone who was not Christian before he was Orthodox. So, one of the things that we need to do is think about our space and think about ways that people who are not orthodox can find something that is familiar that they can grab onto and say, okay, I know this. For your average Protestant, for example, we don't have any Bibles in our pews. If a Protestant came in and saw a Bible, they would at least be able to say, okay, I know that. <laughs> they have that. 
And that's a foothold that they have to let down their guard a little bit and allow the Holy Spirit to start beginning to work. That's an example. We have a harder task with the folks who are not religiously affiliated. One of the things that we need to be able to do is explain the liturgy. We need to know it forward and backward. We need to be able to explain it. We need to be able to tell people why we do what we do. So that when we see that face that goes, what in the world is that? We can come to them, walk them through it, give them an explanation that makes sense. Uh, we had a, a young girl visit our church from Russia a couple weeks ago who was wondering or whether or not to be baptized in the Baptist church, the church of her parents, or the Orthodox church, the church of her ancestors. And she asks questions that you and I probably wouldn't ask. You know, just like the kids ask questions that you and I wouldn't ask. We need to start thinking like the kids. We need to start thinking like people who've never been here before and start asking ourselves questions that we wouldn't ask. Why do the people touch the vestments of a priest as he goes by in the great entrance? That goes back to what is the great entrance? Why do we do that? We need to start asking question after question after question so that we're ready, so that we can be that former demoniac walking among the Gezerines, declaring every day, this is what Christ did for me. They didn't understand what happened. They didn't understand that Christ came to get rid of legion. They understood that He got rid of that herd of pigs. And so Christ sent the, the former demoniac into the people to show them this is what really happened. You guys know me. I'm that crazy guy who was running around in the graveyard screaming at you every day. And now I'm here talking to you rationally. Guess who made that happen? That Jesus guy you kicked out of town. If he could do this for me, imagine what he could do for you. If we can answer those questions, we'll start making people thinking about, well, <laughs> I've known you for years and you're coming up with these amazing answers about this amazing thing that's going on in your amazing liturgy. If you have those answers, if you can talk about those things with such joy and enthusiasm, then man, you've got something that I don't. And one of the reasons that the non-affiliated are the largest quote-unquote denomination in this country is because, and I can tell you this from personal experience, the traditional American churches are not offering to them the kind of spiritual depth and tradition that they desire and they need. If we can demonstrate to the average American just how broad, how long, how deep this tradition, this theology, this beauty is, you will see 
a lot of people saying and grabbing on to what is here because what we have to offer is what people who call themselves spiritual but not religious are actually looking for. So to that end, we as a community, starting with me, are going to start looking in depth at the liturgy itself so that together we can start knowing it forwards and backwards. And you need to start asking questions every day. And you need to start finding answers that make sense to you. Because if it doesn't make sense to you, then you can't communicate it to your average American. You have to be able to you have to be able to use language and ideas and metaphors that make sense to you. Because if it makes sense to you, it'll make sense to somebody else. If you can be enthusiastic about it, other people will understand that enthusiasm if they don't understand the answer. And the other thing that we need to do and to be comfortable with is don't be afraid of questions. Trust me. This is the house of the Lord. He is the creator of all things. He is the one who has control over demons, so much so that the demons had to ask permission to go into the swine. He has no end. We could consume him. We could get to know him. We could study him for the rest of eternity and not even begin to take up one iota of who he is. He is the one that will give us the answers. He is the one who will teach us who he is and who we are. And he has answers for everything. And there is answers for everything. In fact, there are multiple answers for everything. So there isn't a question that will stump the church. There isn't a question that will stump you. If you look hard enough, if you look long enough, if you talk to the right people, and some of those people are the saints, by the way, you will find the answer. And you will find an answer that is not only comfortable for you to communicate to your friends, but it is an answer that will make you go, wow, that's cool. And I can tell you that from personal experience. So. Let's start asking questions. And if you find that you don't have answers, the first place you go is the hymns of the church. That's where the church interprets scripture. Second place you go, standing right here, I can point you in the right direction if I don't know the answer. Third place you can go is the saints, fathers of the church, although some of them are difficult. Some of them you will not be ready for, and that's okay. If you find yourself reading a father, and you go, I don't get this, just put it down. You're not ready yet. You will find a saint that you are meant to read that you will get. That's how we go forward. That's how we get ready. That's how we get everybody outside ready. So let's begin to ask some questions. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and to the ages of ages.